welcome to Monologues by Hassie, where I'm going to be dropping unsolicited brain dumps from the depths of my grey matter. I'll talk about life, money, society, and self-development, plus whatever else lies up there, whilst hopefully not getting cancelled in the process. Humans are the only species to charge each other rent to live on this planet. Now I want you to hold on to this statement and I also want to let you know this is not an anti-capitalist rant. Uh, anyone who knows me or you've listened to previous episodes, I am very much about capitalism. Of course I believe there should be certain constraints to make sure that negative externalities aren't passed on to people who don't profit from certain types of capitalism. So I do believe in capitalism in a way where there are the appropriate regulations to make sure that as many people benefit from progress as possible. I'm a big believer in the free markets. And with that said, it's still a reality that if you're living in, if you're listening to this podcast, actually there, that's a very good point. If you're listening to this podcast, I can almost guarantee that you are paying simply to exist. And the reason I know this is if you're listening to this podcast, well, you're probably paying for an internet connection or a mobile phone plan uh, to access the internet and download this podcast. And every other aspect of your life also has a payment associated with it, including where you live and what you buy from the supermarket. You will pay for that when you go to the markets. So it's one of these things where unless you're living in a remote tribe in the middle of the Amazon jungle, then you are going to be paying to exist on this planet. And the only reason that that remote tribe might not have, you know, they just don't have the same property laws and property, like the, the concept of ownership that we do. And as a result, we find ourselves very, I think, detached from cooperating directly with other humans, but we have to find a way to pay to survive. And this brings me to a very important concept from the world of negotiations. It's called BATNA, the best alternative to a negotiated agreement. And the reason I want to talk about this is when it comes to personal finances, BATNA is a very important concept that I don't think a lot of people look at. Now, going back to that first statement, we live in a world where we pay to exist. So most, for most people, their default BATNA, the best alternative to a negotiated agreement, or I think to simplify this, it's the best alternative to no agreement, their BATNA is going to be a situation where if they decide not to engage in paid work, then the best alternative to saying no to that agreement is you are going to starve and you are going to be homeless. So the BATNA for majority of the people on this planet is if you don't decide to go to work, if you decide not to go to work and not to be gainfully employed, the vast majority of people are going to lose their homes and starve. So the best alternative to not working is starvation or homelessness. And this is a concept that people talk about in negotiations when two parties are negotiating a contract or a particular deal, but I think in the world of personal finance, it's important to note that as individuals, we are negotiating with society and we're negotiating with the economic systems that we live in. And the BATNA for the vast majority of people, if they decide not to exchange their time for work, is that they will be in a paradigm where they are going to, well, it's not a paradigm, sorry, no, they are going to be homeless and they are going to starve. So these people are very much in a paradigm where they need to exchange their hours 
their time for money to purchase goods and services to allow them to exist in our world. Now, before I go on to the rest of this podcast, I do want to add the disclaimer that this is not intended to be financial advice. I'm simply talking about something that I'm passionate about, and that is uh, passive investing and personal finance. And this is really about what I'm doing in my life. It is not intended to be advice for any, any of you listening, but I do implore you, if you are interested, please do your own research and contact a suitably qualified and ethical financial advisor who can help guide your investment decisions. And as such, I won't be referring to specific products in this podcast. I will only give a very high level overview of what I'm doing in my personal finances to improve my BATNA. So now that I've got that slammer out of the way, we know that the BATNA for the average person is going to be starvation and homelessness. If they decide not to exchange their time for money, they will starve, they will be homeless. Now, the way I see the value of investing and passive investing, which is what I'm going to talk about in this episode, the value of that for me is I get to improve my personal BATNA in the negotiation with society. Think of it this way. If I am wealthy, and I want to clarify, being wealthy and being rich is very different. Being rich is kind of that Wolf of Wall Street, hookers and cocaine type money, you're partying, it's very flashy, it's very flamboyant. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about wealth, and wealth is much quieter, it's understated. It gives people comfort, peace of mind, and that's what I'm trying to build. It would be great to be rich. I don't know how to become rich yet. Um, I can. I have plenty of ideas, but Obviously, they're completely untested, but what I am confident is that the investing that I have already been doing for the last couple of years is taking me on the path to being wealthy. And I already know that my BATNA has improved by making these steps. So if you are wealthy and you have enough assets that generate enough income, and let's say that your job, your day job pays $100,000 per year. If your assets are also generating $100,000 per year, when you go to your employer or any employer in the employment market and they are, you know, if we're thinking about the interaction that's happening, there's two parties negotiating. When the employer is looking at you, the employee's BATNA, they can see that your best alternative to not taking that job is actually to make the same money off your investment. So your BATNA is $100,000 per year because that is what your investment portfolio is creating passively. And that's an amazing BATNA to have. Now, that number is obviously just a number that I put out there. Depending on where you are in the world, a number which works for you is going to be very different. This is not an absolute that I want anybody listening to this to cling to, but it is. this is an important example. If we imagine that same salary negotiation with somebody who has no investments and who's been living paycheck to paycheck, and you know, they pay their rent, they buy their groceries, they have a bit of fun, and they have no money left at the end of the month, that person's BATNA, if they decide not to work, is you know, homelessness and starvation. Now, depending on the country you're in, there might be a social safety net um, that covers a kind of basic income if you do find yourself in the position where you are unemployed, but generally that's gonna be so low that your quality of life isn't going to be particularly great. And this is why for me, personal finance is, is all about improving your best alternative to a negotiated agreement or your best alternative to no agreement with society. And for those who are trying to conceptualize what I'm talking about, um, there's an amazing 
verse from the Bible, and I'm going to paraphrase. It's called the Matthew Principle, and it basically says, from those who have, more will be given to them, and from those who don't have, more will be taken away. And when we talk about batners, there's a distinction that I want to make between the last two examples I spoke about. If we have the same two employees, the one employee was living paycheck to paycheck, and the other employee already had assets that were generating $100,000 of income per year passively, obviously the person with the assets has the higher BATNA. And because they have a better position to negotiate from, they will actually get more. So this is an example of the Matthew principle where those who have, more will be given to them. And from those who don't have, more will be taken away. The person who's living paycheck to paycheck, the employer is now in a position to take advantage of them and only pay them the bare minimum that they can get away with because the employer is aware of that person's BATNA. And in terms of living lifestyles, I think we live in a world where it's very attractive to be flashy and take out consumer debt to purchase these, you know, beautiful vehicles, handbags, clothes, and everyone's living this life of credit. And the thing is, if you're living a life of credit, you are so dependent on your day-to-day -day income that your BATNA is not just zero, it's negative because now you have this debt, right? Your best alternative is homelessness, starvation, and bankruptcy because you have a debt that you won't be able to pay. So I'm all about, you know, in the last few episodes, I, I spoke about having an emergency fund and just having an emergency fund will improve your BATNA because if you were to lose your job or if you were to get a contract that you didn't like, you've got a few months saved up and now you can try to find better offers. So that's one component of it. And obviously, if you get sick, having your own insurance will also improve your BATNA, right? But aside from that, saving is great. And what they say is poor people spend, the middle class save and the rich invest. So investing is really where you want to move to. Your emergency fund sits in your savings, that's great. But for me, I wanna be investing. Now, in the episode on financial independence, I did briefly mention something called the FIRE movement. So financial independence retire early. And one of the, I guess, core principles in this is something called the 25 times rule. And this is saying that you should work out what your income sorry, what your annual expenses are. So let's say my annual expenses are $100,000, then which is obviously very high. Um, even in a city like Sydney, that's probably, you're living a very lavish lifestyle if you're spending $100,000 per year, especially as a single person. But it's a nice round number, very easy for maths. The 25 times rule states that I should invest 25 times that amount, so 2.5 million Australian dollars, and the returns on that will provide the income I need, assuming that the average returns that, you know, it's producing about, you know, 4% per annum on average, and that should be more than enough. And that's what the 25 times rule states. Now, that's the general rule of thumb, of course, um, there's going to be different guidelines for different people. And one thing about investing is there is a lot of risk involved. And one of the reasons people don't invest is they're risk averse. But there are also horror stories. Like you look at financial crises like 2008 and a lot of people lost their money. Um, a lot of people who are invested. And there's, you know, these kind of freak events are always going to happen. In fact, this week we've already had, we've been through multiple banking crises with small regional banks in the United States and also Credit Suisse in Europe. And it's a bit scary. It, it's kind of like the start of, you know, the 2008 GFC where you had banks failing 
And it's, it's very, there's a lot of similarities there. There are differences as well, but it's very highly likely that we're going to go into another recession, not just one for Australia, a, a global recession that will affect many countries around the world. So even my own share portfolio right now, I could see a drop of 50% or more. Is that going to stop me from investing? Absolutely not. So how am I personally improving my BATNA? Here's what I do. So every month, and I've just resumed this recently because I've been putting money aside for a house and I hadn't bought shares in over a year until this week. And this week I purchased my first parcel of shares. And what I did before I started saving for my house deposit is every month when my paycheck came in, I would allocate a portion and I would buy index funds which covered a large number of companies. So I would buy the S&P 500 index, which is, I guess, the top 500 companies in the United States. And I would also buy something called the FTSE 100, which is the Financial Times Stock Exchange Top 100, which is the top 100 companies in the UK. And these are the two ETFs which I personally buy. And Every month I would alternate between buying one or the other. Um, most of my money is in the S&P 500, so the top 500 US companies. And the beauty of the, uh, a diversified ETF is I'm spreading the risk. Now, if the whole market drops by 50%, well, the whole market drops by 50%. No one's really safe. But one thing that I can be very sure of by buying these broad ETFs is I will keep up with the average return of the market. So if the market grows by 10% per year over the next 20 years, I know that my money will keep up with that growth. Plus I will see some income come from time to time. And this is one of these things where if you look at the way most currencies, the purchasing power of most currencies, they drop over time because inflation is the hidden tax on everyone and everything. The value of the, the, the dollar or whatever currency that you're dealing with in the country you're listening from, chances are it's fiat currency. It's something that your central bank can print whenever they want. And as a result, its value is constantly dropping because there's always more money in existence and that's why asset prices go up. So for me, owning these companies, well, A, I like to buy ETFs because it's diversified. So I'm diversifying my risk across, in my case, 600 companies across the world. 600 of the world's biggest companies is what I invest in and that allows me to spread my risk. And it's also very easy for me to buy. I think the best analogy for why would you buy an ETF or what is an ETF, so ETF stands for exchange traded fund. Um, there are many exchange traded funds, but the exchange traded funds I'm talking about are exchange traded funds which passively invest in indices. And I think for me, these are the safest. That's kind of where my risk tolerance is. I generally don't buy too many individual shares. I like these ETFs because I'm not really trying to be the person who beats the markets. I'm not the smartest person in the world, nor do I have time to dedicate to analyzing the financial performance of companies. I really just want to own part of the market and make sure that I don't get left behind. So if the market's going up, I'll go up with the market. If the market's crashing, I'll go down with the market. But for me, every month, I just want to be buying more units and the way I've always thought about it is if the financial markets really do go to zero, then it doesn't matter that they went to zero because we have bigger problems in society if our financial markets crash. That will probably mean I'm in a situation where I am now fighting my neighbor over a steak. And the most important thing would be not who grows your vegetables, but who's the strongest person. And you know, you've really got to invest time in the gym to kind of 
fight people for food, right? So if the final financial markets really do go to zero and we have a global collapse of our financial systems, I know I've got bigger problems. So the way I see investing is for the most part, it's upside. The one thing I will put up, put out there is if you do have a family, please make sure you feed your children first before investing and don't invest money that you need on a day-to-day basis. You should really have money that you're happy to lose because there is risk associated with every investment. As I said, your investments could go to zero. And it's one of these things where the biggest mistake I see people make is they invest money that they actually need for their day-to-day or they need in the short term. Because for me, I know that 2023 is a year where the markets would crash. I'm still investing. But if I know that my ETFs and my shares are going to drop in value, the last thing I want to do is be selling them this year or next year. I'm holding these for a time frame of 20 years. I don't intend on touching or selling them. Obviously, there, there are caveats to that. If there's a real emergency and I need to raise money, I might sell things, but hopefully that's something I won't be doing because as discussed in the previous episode, I will have an emergency fund and I've got insurance to, to cover me in certain circumstances. But yes, don't invest money that you need in the short term because when you're investing passively, and this is something that Warren Buffett talks about, you really want to think about your time horizon. So for me, my time, and I think your minimum time horizon when you're buying ETFs and you're buying shares really should be kind of the medium to long term. We're talking 10 to 15 years. And obviously there are exceptions to this. There are people who are day traders and deal with all sorts of financial, complicated financial products, but that's not me. I'm just somebody who wants to own the market. I want to own part of our economic system and I want it to pay me returns so I can improve my BATNA, my best alternative to a negotiated or no agreement. So with that out of the way, I'm primarily buying these kind of passive broad market ETFs and every month I make this investment. And it's just one of these things where I now have a very healthy portfolio and it brings me a lot of peace of mind. So it's one of these things where even as individuals, by making the right choices, by saving, making sure we have an emergency fund, making sure that we're investing for our future. And you know, a lot of people say life is short, but life really isn't that short. I mean, statistically, many of you are going to live, you know, well beyond 60, 70, 80. And if you're listening to this right now and you're only 20, 30 or 40, then you have a long way to go. And life is just not a short-term thing. Yes, you could die tomorrow and it's you, you kind of have to balance where you want to be in the long term versus where you are in the short term. But at the same time, if you look at people who kind of go YOLO and, you know, live 100% in the short term, often they have a very bad BATNA and it results in subpar outcomes. Because as the Bible says, and it's very evident that this is, you know, it, it is a truism. The Matthew principle truly does exist. Those who ha- To those who have more will be given. And from those who don't have more will be taken. We see this all the time. This is inequality. But you can use the Matthew principle in your own favor. And the way you can do that is by snowballing these assets, buying these passive ETFs, and creating an investment portfolio which is going to generate you returns, both uh, 
in capital growth, so the value of the shares, but also from the dividends or distributions that get paid out. And that is going to greatly improve your BATNA. Because right now you might be somebody who's just started out on your career, and of course, you're going to have to go to work. You're gonna to have to exchange your time for money. But think about where you wanna be in 10 years from now. Do you still wanna just be exchanging your time for money and working because that's what you've been taught? That's what you were taught in school, and school is compliance training, I won't go into that now. And the way out of that, at least for the vast majority of people, now entrepreneurship is nice, and it's nice to say I'm gonna create this big business and become rich, but this is really one extreme of the spectrum. But I think for most normal people, you can improve your BATNA significantly by making appropriate investments, and one of those investments is investing in the share market, which is my personal preference. Of course, your circumstances may be different, and this is not financial advice intended for anyone listening, because your circumstances are unique to you. Now, before I end this particular episode, I have spoken about ETFs and one of the way I like to describe ETFs and why you'd buy an ETF is a very simple example. Imagine if I handed you a $10 note and I told you to go to the supermarket and buy the ingredients to make a fruit salad. Now you walk into the supermarket and you can see that a whole watermelon costs $10. So, and a rock melon costs another $10. And you can see that a bag of apples is $8 and a bag of oranges is $5 and you only have a $10 note. In this scenario, you can't make a fruit salad. Why? Because each of the individual fruits costs more than the currency you have to purchase them. So what can happen? Sometimes you will see this in supermarkets and shops where the shop has already cut up the fruit for you. They've put watermelon, orange, apples, rock melon. They've put it into a little container and they've packaged it up and this container happens to cost $5. You can now go and buy this small parcel of fruit salad. It already contains different types of fruits, and that is what a passive ETF is. It is basically you buying a pre-made fruit salad. Now, there are certain shares on the London Stock Exchange where one share in the company can cost over 1,000 pounds. Now, I don't, if I don't have the money, if I wanna buy the top 100 companies, and I wanted to buy one share of each company, for example, that would just be way too expensive for me to buy. I would need hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy some of these shares at the prices they're at, even to just get one unit. So an ETF is where a company buys these shares on your behalf and they package it up into a product and now you buy the product of that company. So when you buy an ETF, in something like the S&P 500, so the top 500 companies in the United States, what you're doing is you're buying a pre-made fruit salad of these companies where a large finance company has bought these shares on your behalf and they have packaged it into something that you can afford to buy. So for me, by buying these ETFs in the S&P 500 and the FTSE 100, I can basically get access to companies without needing to directly buy the shares and the other advantage for me as an Australian is it's very hard for me, relatively speaking, to create a foreign brokerage account either in the United States or in the United Kingdom. And I have the luxury of being able to buy these from home. So I can buy these foreign ETFs from the comfort of my home in Australia and 
Fortunately for me, they're domiciled in Australia, so it makes my tax affairs very simple. And it's just an easy product to buy. It is a pre-packaged fruit salad of shares, which is designed for my convenience. So with that said, let me recap the core points of this episode. We all have a BATNA when it comes to society. For most people, their BATNA is going to be that if they decide to stop going to work and stop exchanging their time for money, they are going to be homeless, they are going to starve, and if they have a lot of debt, they are going to be bankrupt. So that is the default BATNA. However, we can improve our BATNA by investing. And investing is one of these things where we can generate an income passively and that can allow us to improve our BATNA. Because we're generating passive income, when we now have to negotiate with society, we can make that decision on whether we want to work or not or whether this particular job is appropriate for us. Why? Because we are not desperate. If you have income coming from sources other than your labor, your return on your time, then this allows you to have options that other people do not have. So this episode really is about creating financial independence and one of those ways is through slowly building wealth over time by passively investing. Now I will link some resources to this in the show notes. These resources are Australia specific. There's a great website called Passive Investing Australia, but I know a lot of people who are listening to this podcast come from outside of Australia. This resource, even though it is tailored to an Australian market, there are still very interesting concepts about risk, about the nature of shares and economics and ETFs. And whilst the products that are specified are related to the specific to the Australian markets, it is a great guide on passive investment. And I think there is a lot of valuable information in that resource, which will carry over into your own countries and your own financial markets. Unfortunately, you will need to do your own research into what products are available for you. And as I said, please contact a suitably qualified and ethical financial advisor to help you make these decisions. This episode has not been intended to be financial advice. It's merely me talking about what I do in my own life, which is buying ETFs on a monthly basis, because I'm every time I make that purchase every month and put a portion of my paycheck away, I am fundamentally improving my BATNA. And it makes me feel bloody great. Now there are risks associated with investing, Uh, You could lose your money, so please don't invest money that you're not willing to lose. And if you're investing passively and you're trying to kind of match the market return, you should have a long time horizon. So my personal time horizon is 20 to 30 years. And of course, depending on your age, the products that you use are going to be different. If I'm close to retirement, I'm probably not going to have all my money tied up in shares, which could be exposed to the volatile market. So this absolutely is not a one-size-fits-all approach. It is simply what I do in my personal life. And to all of you listening, as always, I hope that you make the effort to improve your own BATNA, your best alternative to no agreement when it comes to how you engage with society and the economic system. I hope you do improve this. And as always, I wish you great success on all your endeavors. You've just made it through another episode of Monologues by Hassie. It brings me great pleasure to know that you made it to the end. 
To listen to more episodes, subscribe on your favorite podcast app or visit monologuesbyhassie.com. Thanks for swinging by. Thank you.